0: Hi, everyone. I hope you are fired up because I sure am. And we have Marco Santorelli with us today. He is a real estate entrepreneur, investor, extraordinaire, author. I could go on and on about his bio. He is here to give you so much information and value and we are ready to get fired up. Let's get you fired up Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast, we say it like it is, and sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight, because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore.
1: Parker, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Krista, how are you?
0: I'm great, thank you so much for being on here today. You uh, you are a man with an awesome bio, we're gonna tell about all your accolades and everything you've done, um, but your goal, as you said, your mission in life is to help one million people um, achieve financial freedom through real estate, correct?
1: Exactly, yeah, so I've, I've, I've had a mission for 15 years, but I never really quantified it until more recently. Uh, I've hired literally three coaches. And in the process of doing that, I've actually defined my mission to be uh, to help 1 million people create wealth and passive income um, through real estate. And really, it's just an effort to put people on the path to financial freedom because a lot of people want to be wealthy, not necessarily rich, but wealthy. And the question is, is they don't know how to do it. And so what we lack in this country is financial freedom and it's sorely lacking in the school system. So it's up to you with your podcast, myself, with our podcast and everybody else to help educate our children and other people on how to do that. And most everybody knows real estate is the most powerful vehicle to help create that. So why not show them the way and help them and give them that path? And that's really part of what I want to do.
0: So tell me, how are you doing? How are you going about doing that? Like what are, what are, if you can give us your top three ways of how you're achieving that, what would that be?
1: Well, first and foremost, and this is my number one rule of, of what I have as a 10 rules of successful real estate investing, and that is to educate yourself. I mean, number one, first and foremost, is really just to build the knowledge base that you have and continually educate yourself. Be a perpetual student. For example, Robert Kiyosaki, who I've been on a couple cruises with, um, he's constantly taking notes. I mean, he's ultra successful, but you'll always see him at the back of a room with a notepad writing down notes from whoever's speaking. So, um, if you look at most of the successful, most of the successful people from Richard Branson on, they're always reading. They're always taking notes. So that, by far, is the number one thing. And the way to achieve that is really to put that information out, whether it's you know, like I said, with your podcast or anyone else's uh, books. There's a lot of resources online. That's my number one way. And um, it really, it's just a bunch of free information, you know, free free knowledge. Um, but that is really, I wouldn't say there's three. Uh, to be honest with you, that is really the the number one way through different mediums and different channels. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if someone's ready to invest, we can help them. They don't have to work with us, of course. Uh, They could work with you or anybody else. They just have to find the right team because team is critically important.
0: So um, when, when someone is, you know, not in, has have never invested at all, we've got a lot of real estate agents and lenders who are listening to this and many of them, they aren't investors and they haven't, you know, they've helped a lot of investors. They've helped people buy, you know, um, properties that so they haven't actually done investing themselves. What would be your number one strategy? Or how would you tell them to start? Where, where do they start?
1: Well, we have already talked about number one. So let's talk about number two. <laughs> number one, obviously, is, you know, building your knowledge base and educating yourself the The starting point is really to have a bit of a plan, set a goal, and uh, this could be different things to different people. For example, if you when you talk to some people about setting a goal, they don't even know what you're talking about. But if you have a concept of what setting a goal is, it's really just defining where you want to get to from where you are. That could be $5,000 a month in passive income. It could be $3,000 a month in passive income. It could be a portfolio of 10 rental properties. It could be whatever it is, but when you start to define it, you can reverse engineer that and turn it into a tangible plan that becomes essentially a checklist. And you can turn it into, I mean, to reduce it to the ridiculous, you can turn it into tiny tiny baby steps where you're literally checking little boxes and you're making these micro movements or these little baby steps towards the bigger and bigger and bigger goal. But you have to do that. Ultimately, when you've defined what you want to do, now you can start to, uh, accumulate the knowledge you'll need and you don't need to be an expert. This is where people fall into a trap and never get out is they get into this analysis paralysis, avoid doing that. Just gain the knowledge you need to move forward, but accumulate the knowledge you need and assemble the right team that you need around you in order to help you execute. And when it comes to real estate investing, it comes down to the acquisitions person, whether it's a real estate agent, broker, a turnkey property provider, like a company like ours, a wholesaler, depending on what your strategy is then you need a lender or a number of lenders and mortgage brokers to help you get that financing for non-owner occupied homes. Then you need a professional full service local property management company, key, key, key person on your team, Mm -hmm. um, an asset protection attorney, a tax advisor, and of course a title company and and an inspector. When you build that team around you, now you have the people that can support you and help you achieve those investment goals. Now it comes to the, selecting the market that makes the most sense. And we're really going off on a tangent now into something I talk about a lot is how do you pick the right market? How do you pick the right neighborhood and ultimately the right property? So I know it's a big answer to your short question, but that it's really the is right the pro- it's
0: definitely the right answer.
1: Yeah, so it's the starting point.
0: It's It absolutely is. Okay, so um, I love you're talking about suddenly the right team. It's so important to have the right team behind you. And I think many people, that's where the, they fall is because they don't have that award winning team to actually help them to get from point A to point B. One of the things I know that people are always wondering is like, I don't have a lot of money or what if they don't, you know, maybe it's a money issue. How do you, how do you help them get past that when it comes to investing?
1: Well, you and I live in a very expensive state, California, and make, to make it worse, we're near the coast. So coastal California, as is true for most of the coastal markets in the United States, they're very expensive. Therefore, they're overpriced. You can call them bubble markets. To, to see yourself as a real estate investor in these markets is almost like it comes across as an impossibility because you're looking at very expensive properties that really don't have any kind of yield possibly no cash flow if they're leveraged and so when you think in terms of the down payment requirement it's like oh my gosh you know that's a lot to save let me give everybody a dose of reality here when you're living in very expensive markets whether it's the coastal markets or denver colorado or washington dc etc etc it's it's very it's very hard if not impossible to invest and actually produce positive cash flow so you have to look at the other markets. Now, I track over 400 markets, 405 to be exact, around the country, and there's more than 600 metropolitan areas. When you look at these markets, you'll come to realize that a lot of these markets are, um, have median home prices between 100 dollars to $250,000. I like to give a very simple example, and it's actually oversimplified, but it, it makes the point. You can actually invest in quality turnkey cash flow rental properties that are between $100,000 and $150,000 let's call $100,000 for simple math, it will actually rent, gross rent every month for $1,000. We call that the 1% rule. It's, it's really the rent to price ratio. So you look at the monthly rent versus the purchase price or your acquisition price, $1,000 for $100,000 property is 1%. That isn't a typical B class. It's like a blue collar, a good quality blue collar working community. Uh, The higher the price, the better you can get into a class neighborhoods between 150 and 200,000. But the point I'm trying to make is with a hundred thousand dollar property and 20% down, which is conventional financing, you, all you need is $20,000 to get started on your first, second or next investment property. I call it 25,000. The reason is, is you need 20,000 down about two to 3,000 in closing costs. And then, you know, two to 3,000 in reserves, just, you know, the, what if just bank it, put it in your bank account. If, when you know there's something breaks or something needs a repair it's there um, but so the answer to your question is between 20 and 30,000 is a good range to get your next property to add to your real estate portfolio that will be cash flow positive that have a good cap rate a good cash on cash return
0: so you said you study over 400 areas and so if somebody first of all wants to work with you let's say so you as part of what your what you do for people is you actually Educate them on where these areas are and then help them in the purchase? Do you, do you set them up with other real estate agents? What's that look like, that process?
1: Well, at, at, the, at the danger of sounding uh, self-promotional, really what we've created is a system that is ultimately a turnkey investing, um, um, not just an experience, but a, but a, a system. So we have not only the the education that we provide for free, but we have all the resources you need, the things that we talked about before, like the people on your team, as well as all the properties. So essentially, we operate in 20 to 22 markets that I have chosen, that I've handpicked, like Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Florida, Houston, Texas, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, even the greater Chicago area. These are areas where you can purchase homes. Single-family homes in B, B plus, A minus neighborhoods that range from eighty thousand on the low end—that that is actually the low end—to about one hundred eighty thousand, two hundred thousand on the high end—they'll all rent for about one percent per month of that amount. So that means you have a cap rate, you have cash-on-cash cash return, you have positive cash flow. But peppered in with all that is the property management, the inspectors, the title companies, everything else you could possibly need. The reason this came about is. I started investing from Orange County, California, back in 2003 and 2004, in markets that were over 2,000 miles away, and I accumulated 84 doors, 84 units in nine months, all, all sight unseen, mostly sight unseen. To this day, i have still not seen with my own eyes some of those properties that I had purchased back then. Why? Because I had the systems in place, and I had the team to help me do it. And that's really what it comes down to is is knowing where to invest and having the right team. The process is really just rote. It's it's the same the same process and criteria that you go through each and every time.
0: Wow. OK, so you, you name some really great um, some really great areas to purchase in and it, it just seems so easy. So that I mean, it's it's amazing because we both live in California. So here. You know, to get a house for under four hundred thousand is almost impossible to do. You know, if you're <laughs> at the four hundred fifty range, you're multiple offers and bidding wars. Even right now, with the way that the market is, and it's kind of slowing down, it's becoming more of a buyer's market, a little bit more competitive. We're seeing longer days on market. We're seeing price reductions, and so to think that you can get a home uh, for that you know, turnkey—that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so if you look at markets that a lot of people are, are going to live in that you're that are listening to your show, you can do the math real quick. You can go to Zillow or a website and pull or realtor.com and pull up this website or just look in your neighborhood. Look at what the properties are selling for typically and look at what they'll rent for on average. And I will I will bet you $100 that in markets like you and I live in, it's going to be about 0.4% to 0.5% of that purchase price for that property in terms of what it'll rent for. So the hypothetical example here is that million dollar property, which is not, you know, unusual where we live, that million dollar property should be renting for 10,000 a month, 1% plus or minus. But in actuality, it's only renting for about 4,000, maybe 4,500, 5,000 if you're in 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 an ideal location. But that is flawed because you're not going to have the cap rate. You're not going to have the cash on cash return if you leverage that investment, which is something you should do. Um, it's one of the benefits of real estate is other people's money, OPM. Uh, but, um, but it's such a large down payment. And you also have um, a lot of downside risk in California right now. Sure, we might have the momentum to continue to appreciate for the next one or two years, but we live in the cyclical market as, as do many people around the country. So why do you want to get into a market and invest in, in a, pricey property when when that momentum for appreciation is slowing down and there's the risk of it actually turning around over the next three to five years and then having you know a few years of a down real estate cycle in the market you choose. You're better off choosing markets around the country that are what I call linear markets. They're more stable. Sometimes I often refer to them as boring markets, but they just they appreciate and depreciate on a more of a flat wave curve. So they do trend up over time, but they stay in lockstep with appreciation, like the real rate of inflation. Yeah. So that might be three, four, maybe 5% per year on average. The bottom line is this, and this is one of my 10 rules don't invest for appreciation only. That's speculative, it's essentially gambling. Mm-hmm. Cash flow is the glue that holds your deal together. Cash flow is king, you have to have the cash flow. But what will happen over time is you will gain equity through the amortization of a loan, and you will gain equity through appreciation as you hold this property month after month, year after year, because you have a tenant, they're paying off your mortgage for you. You will benefit from the inflationary environment that we're in. So property values will naturally go up, not artificially because we're driving it that way through policy or like crazy population growth, but you'll just gain all the benefits of real estate over time, just investing prudently from day one in a market that makes sense that has positive cash flow.
0: That makes t- complete sense. I love talking to you because I I don't do I I have quite a few investments, but <laughs> I'm I'm not your typical investor. I'm a little bit different than most. Um, oh, I had a question I wanted to ask you, and it was it was kind of uh, self centered, honestly, or something I wanted to find out. I just I, I lost it. I lost it real quickly, This, so and my apologies on that. We'll
1: come back to you. <laughs>
0: so, yes, it happens. So, what do you think about Boise, Idaho? So, Boise, Idaho is a really really hot market. So, you're saying you're you you're finding yourself watching all these different markets. What do you think about Boise, Idaho?
1: So we love Idaho in general and uh, Boise, actually, I don't know how you pick that market, but it actually is one of the markets that we're in. in um, Boise has been uh, very strong. It's experiencing tremendous population growth, which is driving property values up. Now I, I don't want to keep talking about that because it, I don't want people to think that it's, um, it's just about price growth because you have to have the cash flow. You have to have a rate of return yeah. immediately. But we love Boise. The only thing we're providing in Boise right now are new construction fourplexes because it makes sense. It's the right product um, in the right areas for that market because it's experiencing so much growth. Uh, We we could venture out and get single families, which is the bulk of what we actually offer. But uh, the fourplexes have been extremely successful. We have those same fourplex products in four different markets. But love Boise is the short answer to your question. I think it's a very strong market.
0: Did you know that I'm a published author? My book, sell 100 homes a year. It's a bestseller and it teaches real estate agents and lenders how to actually think about doing business in the 21st century. And I want to give you your free copy. All you have to do is go to www.kristamaishore.com slash sell 100. That's 100. If you'd like to learn new digital marketing strategies, you've got to get this book and join the other agents and lenders whose businesses and life is being absolutely transformed. Go to www.dot.kristamayshor.dot.com/sell100 to get your free digital copy today. So, what do you charge for your for your service? Uh, zero zero because is it that because you have the relationship with everyone else and then you're able to get paid on that way
1: so we want to provide the the knowledge at no cost we want to provide those resources as part of the services we provide we've already vetted these companies all of the service and service providers around the country we already work with them they're tied into the properties the properties is is really the sale of the properties is where we generate our revenue as a company and so we are a real estate brokerage. And so essentially what we're doing is getting compensated on the sales sale side of the transaction. So that way when you as a buyer come to us and you choose to work with us, we'll start you off with a strategy session with one of our six investment counselors and just start going down the, pro, uh, the road step by step at the pace that you want to set. Um, but there's no cost in any of that. I'd say ninety-nine percent of the time, the pe- people who actually reach out to us have kind of vetted themselves. They already understand what we do, and they they know that we can certainly help them. And so, the strategy session, those initial calls are are very, sometimes very deep, but they're they're very um, not only informative, but they're very helpful for the person on the phone.
0: What's the name of the company so people can that are listening can look you up?
1: Our company, I. I Everyone asks me, "What does that mean?" But Norada Real Estate Investments, N-O-R-A-D-A. Uh, there's a history to that name, but it's not my last name.
0: <laughs> okay, so Norada Real Estate Investments. If and again, no cost to you. Um, he's getting paid by the from the from the from the sale on the other end, probably a referral type of agreement, whatever it might be. So it costs you nothing. He's doing all the research, finding out where these um, places are that you should be investing that have at least a one percent um, rate of uh, return. Um, uh, and that sounds, that I'm interested because right now I'm actually selling a 1031 exchange and I've got to purchase. The reason I asked you is because we are thinking about Boise, Idaho. So
1: I still so, asked that. So laugh, laugh if you want, but I, I have a kind of a running joke to myself um, and my team. Uh, we find that a lot of the clients that we work with out of California or the expensive markets, we call them cash, um, equity rich and cash flow poor. And there's actually a lot of truth to that because a lot of people in in the state of California who bought multiple properties over the years, find themselves years later in a situation where they have so much equity in those properties that they're underutilizing what they could potentially be doing. Now, let me explain that. Equity in a property, lots of equity in a property is what I call dormant equity. Sometimes I'll I'll refer to it as dead equity. The rate of return on equity is zero. It's not generating any cash flow or any rate of return for you. It's there. It's on your balance sheet. It's part of your net worth, but it's really not creating cash flow for you. Now, what if you do what you're doing right now, but you actually have a plan, a strategy, and a plan where you can take some or all of that equity and literally move it tax-free under the 1031 t- um, exchange and build a larger, better, more stable portfolio in one or more other markets that geographically diversified and increase your cash flow immediately while you're protecting the equity because you're moving it into another market where there may be very little to no downside risk. It's a very smart, smart strategy. A lot of people like in California don't understand what that is or how to do it until they hear it for the first time like on a show like yours. But it's a very smart strategy for someone who's got multiple properties in an expensive market and they're sitting on a bunch of equity. They can turn that equity into immediate cash flow while retaining the equity and do it tax-free.
0: Yes. I'm going to have to talk to your, your counselors <laughs> and and uh, and meet with them. I think you're on this podcast for a reason where I'm literally going through this right now. And um, I'm telling my husband, I kind of want to, you know, I, I know there's better markets that are going to have higher appreciation. Now, what do you think about the recession? There's much talk about the recession. Should people be worried about the recession? I know out of the last five recessions, only two um, two, out of two out of the five properties went down. Out of three out of the fa- last five recessions, properties actually ended up going going up um, over the United States. But so many people are so afraid right now to, to purchase or to move money or to buy or to do whatever because of talk of, of the recession. What do you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's it's not a question of if it's a question of when we're going to experience the next recession. Absolutely. And, um, I I've, i I've seen different opinions from different people. In fact, I know people like Peter Schiff who I actually just texted yesterday. Um, I think the general consensus is that we're going to see a recession within the next two years. A lot of people are putting their money on 2020. Mm-hmm. I think it's inevitable. But my feeling about recessions is twofold. Number one, often what you'll see, if you have well-positioned properties in good, good markets, markets that are resilient to whether through economic recessions, we're talking, you know, something that is at a, at a, at a national or global level, you'll weather through that. And what we often find is two things. One is rents sometimes increase. In fact, many times they do increase because um, there's this push for people to get out of the, um, the ability to uh, qualify or afford to purchase their own residence. And so they're pushed into the rental pool. And so that increased demand pushes up uh, the rent the rents on properties in good desirable neighborhoods because you have limited supply, but now you have increasing demand. So the turnovers are much faster and rents typically go up. Number two, uh, the thing with a recession is it typically doesn't impact a real estate investor who has invested prudently based on everything I just talked about today and more. The reason is, is because if you're in a cyclical market that is affected or impacted by uh, national recessions then you're going to see and feel the effects of that uh, especially when you have job loss and population loss but if you're in a stable market whether it be Kansas City Indianapolis or or Memphis Tennessee even Jacksonville Florida places that we operate in the uh, the effect at the local level is minimal you'll see you know small ripples and waves uh coming from you know whatever changes happen in in the economy in general as a whole but ultimately it 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 just passes pretty quickly, and so the key is to be in a in a good market that has a wide um, base of industry. So when you look at it from a gross domestic product or just an uh, you know a, an industry perspective, you want to make sure that you have manufacturing, housing, uh, construction, finance, um, hospitality, uh, on and on and on. The list goes. If 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 you've got that diversification. Uh, it, it is really like a safety blanket. It just cushions the effects that happen in the, uh, you know, in, in the broader market. Uh, this is why we don't like markets like North Dakota, where we saw that oil boom, and there was a shortage of, massive shortage of housing. And there was such a deficit that we saw rent rates go up through the roof. Hotels were booked solid. Builders were trying to get in there as quickly as they could just to meet the, the demand for housing. Um, But then when the oil prices crashed, all these people moved away and now you had a glut of inventory. And so property values came down, uh, rents came down and you had a bunch of vacancies. So this is why you want to avoid these one trick pony markets, as I call them.
0: That makes total sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we, we, any other advice that you, or, you know, when I talked to you earlier, before we started the podcast, you said, Chris, I could go on and on for hours and hours about certain things. What are some things that you really feel that people need to be made aware of and they should know that, that even maybe your average real estate agent or, or lender doesn't know, you know, strategies and tips and tricks that they can do to really help educate their consumer.
1: Probably the biggest one. And we've touched on this. The biggest one is to be market agnostic. The thing with um, most people, but particularly real estate agents, is they are so hyper focused on their local real estate market that that is their world. And what you need to understand is that real estate is truly hyper local. Everything happens at the neighborhood level, at the area level, the suburb level, and the city level. And what happens in, let's say, San Diego, California is gonna be completely different than what's happening in Boise, Idaho, which is gonna be different than what happens in Memphis, Tennessee, which is gonna be different than what happens in, in Chicago, Illinois. So when you understand that the country's made up of hundreds of local real estate markets and each one is moving up and down independently of one another because of local factors such as migration rates, um, uh, population growth, jobs and job growth and all that kind of stuff, then you start to realize that, okay, Maybe I should be looking at different markets in order to choose what market I should be in as a real estate investor because I have a limited amount of capital to invest. I want to put it in a market where it's not only safe, the safest, but also produces the greatest gains and returns for me short-term, i.e. cash flows, and long-term equity growth. So being market agnostic is probably the biggest piece of advice and takeaway that I I could give you today uh, by far.
0: And then where would somebody go to, you know, somebody's thinking about whether they're going to use you or not. So they decide they oh, do this on my own. Where would they go to find out information? Like what, where would they go to find out information re- regarding certain states and cities to know whether or not it would be a good place to invest?
1: <laughs> Sometimes people ask me, what's the best market? And I, I, I kind of look at them and say, well, in what way? Because <laughs> yeah. you have to put some context around it, right? The best for what? Best for, you know, in terms of crime, best in terms of you know, appreciation best in terms of cash flow, best in terms of whatever. You know, you really have to think about it that way. So, um, you know, I've talked about this in 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 uh, my ultimate guide to passive real estate investing. I, I touch upon these these areas, but really, what you want to look at is a couple of things. And this information is widely available online. It, it's it, it's it's available free from many websites. Um, there are paid or subscription websites where you know you can go as well but really what you're looking for are markets that have uh, diverse um, um, diversity in terms of its economy. Like I was talking about before you ideally want to see job growth, but a stable market is fine too. So if it's, it's a flat market, but there are jobs, you know, a consistent base of jobs, that's critically important because people move and live in a city because they have the ability to one support their, their family and their lifestyle, IE through a job. Number two, you know, they, they enjoy the lifestyle there. That's why people live in the Bay area or by the beach or wherever it may be. And then the third thing you want to look at is um, so jobs and then population growth, again, a flat market is fine. A, A market that's growing in population is better because it's pushing up demand for housing, both in terms of sales and in terms of rentals. So those are the key things that you should always look at. You can look at other things when you, once you get down to the neighborhood level, then you can start looking at things like the quality of the schools and crime rates and that kind of stuff. If you stick to B class and A class neighborhoods, you don't never have to worry about either one of those. Uh, It's, it's, it's when people are starting to look at more of the sketchy, lower income areas like the C class and God forbid the D class neighborhoods uh, that, you know, it becomes problematic because that's when you have problem tenants and higher turnovers and late rents and all those issues. And so my suggestion is stay away from that type of stuff. But if you go to places like actually Google is your best friend, but city data uh true uh, trulia.com zillow.com all these websites have some of this information so you kind of have to go out do your homework and stitch it all together but if you go to a a search engine like google and you type in the name of the city or that market and you follow it with with two words after that like a phrase such as uh job growth or population growth or um uh, um i lost my train of thought but you know one and two word phrases after the name of the city, what you'll find are a whole bunch of websites that have articles that are talking about and writing about those topics. And typically they're already sourced, like they'll have references and uh, and the sources of where the data is coming from. So that way you can kind of backtrack it to get even more data. You'll find yourself within 30 minutes being inundated with information. So you'll get all the information you want, but at the same time you need to be careful that you're not getting into analysis paralysis.
0: Yes. So you're overthinking it. And that's what they hire somebody like you. And again, it's, it's NARCA, N-A-R-C-A.
1: No, you're close. It's NORADA, N-O-R-A-D-A, N-O-R-A-D-A, NORADA, NORADA, however you want to pronounce it.
0: Okay, NORADA, N-O-R-A-D-A. Okay, because it's you're giving such great information. And I know there's even as as an agent, you know, I know that I want to hire somebody who's an expert in locally. Right. So you want to hire a local expert and I'm not an expert in these in these other areas. So if I did want to invest, I would I don't want to waste the time trying to figure it out on my own. I want to go to someone like you who's already figured it out.
1: Yeah, there, there's no question that any, well, I shouldn't say anybody, because that implies everybody, but most people can figure this out on their own and do it on their own. That was my situation in 2003 and 2004. I started from nothing, started in Orange County, California, and built that from Florida all the way up to Michigan, like I was investing across the country. So I figured it out. I, I stepped in all the pitfalls and you know, walked on the landmines and made my fair share of mistakes and lost a lot of money along the way. But now I know what not to do. So when you can create, literally, we have a two-page checklist that you can check as we go. Um, But when you can go through a methodical process that really is rinse and repeat and works every time, um, you're shortcutting 70 to 80% of the work that you would be doing up front in terms of rebuilding and recreating the wheel. Uh, But yes, you could definitely do it on your own. You just have to have the right team in the right market to help you achieve what your goals are, whatever you're trying to achieve.
0: So that checklist, is that checklist in the book that you wrote?
1: Um, it is not, although maybe I should put it in there. You should um, put it in our, there. Yeah, yeah. Our investment counselors give it to our, um, our clients um, most of the time. If they, if they ask, they'll definitely send it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, uh, we, I'm happy to provide it to your audience. That's not a problem. Um, but I'll probably end up putting it in that report that they can download off the two websites that we have.
0: Yes, that's perfect. So where do you want them to go to download, to download?
1: It's available from both of our websites. We're actually launching a brand new website. We're rebuilding our current website in about a week. So by the time they hear this, uh, we'll probably have our new site up and running.
0: So I'll make so, sure it goes in the, in the show notes, unless you want to Oh, that'd
1: be perfect. It. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, so our primary website where we actually post a lot, not all, but a lot of the properties that we have as well as um, our blog for free education is Norada Realestate.com N-O-R-A-D-A, Norada Realestate.com. The sister website is is really the home of the podcast, and it's called Passive Real Estate Investing.com. So those two have the report.
0: So he's got a podcast you can go to, Passive Real Estate um, Investing, and then go to the website, norada investment properties to get that list that he's talking about. You could utilize it for yourself. His goal again is to um, educate 1 million people to get them to be um, financially uh, savvy with their investments. And so far, Marco, this has just been such a great call. I mean, you have just been a wealth of information. I, I, I can only imagine just how much more you can share. And he, he, he's writing a book. When does that book come out?
1: The manuscript is done. It was supposed to be out already. It's my fault. It's not. <laughs> but hopefully by the end of the year, I'm I'm trying for uh, November, but by the end of the year. And what's that titled? It, it's named after the podcast. Actually, it's called passive real estate investing. Passive real estate investing from Mark. Right. It's not really it, it. Actually, I'm giving the book away for free. Like anybody who actually downloads the, um, the uh, free guide, you know, the passive, the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing. They're on a list and that list will be notified when the book is released. So um, they can get it for free. The PDF will be available for free. And then the paperback is really just the cost of shipping.
0: You are on a mission. I can just, I can see that you're on a mission. I, I love it, Marco. That's <laughs> great. I mean, you're just doing so much. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. Whenever people are on the podcast, I always ask them just one question at the very end, kind of off the, off the top. And if there's one piece of advice that you can give people, what would that be?
1: Oh, easy one. Take action. You know what? A lot of people educate themselves. They learn, they wish, they want, they talk about it. They, you know, they kick it around with their friends and they say, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that. But you know what? Where the rubber meets the road and you can call it traction is when you actually take action. And if you're having a hard time taking action, write yourself out an action plan. Just even if it's as simple as three steps, the fact is, is it's a psychological thing to actually be able to write a to-do have a checkbox next to it and check it off. Or better yet, yeah, put it.
0: That is so true. You see right here, this is my daily sheet. And I write down the things that I want to make sure that I get. And see those little check marks? Like, I love, I love it. check marks. In fact, I get to put a check mark right next to your name right now because we did I this. I love day.
1: it. <laughs> and now you feel fulfilled. You feel yeah. like you actually accomplished something, right?
0: There you are. You can barely see it. Marco Santorelli right there.
1: <laughs> I love it. But now you feel fulfilled. You're satisfied. You've accomplished something, right? So so the, the point, or the answer to your question is execution is everything. You have to take action. If you don't take action, nothing will ever happen.
0: Oh, I'm such a firm believer in that. People can learn, learn, learn. They can be chronic learners, but we want to be chronic implementers, right? We want to be, because yeah. implementation is where, all, is where everything takes place. Okay, everyone, you've got a wealth of information here. Marco, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. You were great and love the advice. And just, again, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you, Krista, I've had a lot of fun. This has been awesome, thank you.
0: Oh, we appreciate everyone. Now you heard him, go out and take action and don't forget to go download his checklist and look out for his book. And I hope that you are just as fired up as I am. Make it a great day. Did you know that I'm a published author? my book sell 100 homes a year it's a bestseller and it teaches real estate agents and lenders how to actually think about doing business in the 21st century and I want to give you your free copy all you have to do is go to www.ryistamaure.com slash sell 100 that's one zero zero. If you'd like to learn new digital marketing strategies, you've got to get this book and join the other agents and lenders whose businesses in life is being absolutely transformed. Go to www.kristamayshore.com sell one zero zero to get your free digital copy today. Come back and join us five days a week, every Monday through Friday. And be sure to check out kristamayshore.com backslash podcast for free downloads and resources.